Hello, welcome back to Dress to Kill, your favorite fashion in action movie podcast. This week's episode is a watch through of the movie On Her Majesty's Secret Service from 1969. We loved this movie. We had such a hard time narrowing down the looks because there are so many gorgeous 1969 jewels in this film. If you want to see pictures of the looks we discuss, go to our Instagram at dressed to kill pod. And please let us know what you think. DM us or comment on our latest post. We love to hear from you. And of course, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. It's been a rough year for a lot of us and we're wishing all of you as much love as possible. And hopefully this episode will bring you just a little bit more joy. We are so grateful to you all. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the episode. So today we're talking about On Her Majesty's Secret Service, um, the James Bond film from 1969, so right in the thick of all of the 60s glamour fabulousness. And the director for this one was Peter Hunt, who had actually been an editor for the previous Bond movies, but this is his first time directing. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. It's really cool because you get such a different style. The Bond actor is George Lazenby, his only solo Bond movie. Um, the female and he's lead the only is... guy to do a solo Bond movie, right? As yeah, well. yeah, yeah, exactly. And the female lead is Diana Rigg, <laughs> who's fabulous. I love her so much. And the villain in this is Tully Savalas as Blofeld, and he's done other. You know, he's um, famous for being Kojak. I never watched that show, but my mom did, and she loves it and all that stuff. I I do want to get into it, but yeah. So that's Tully Savalas. Kojak. And I wouldn't have even known Kojak was a show if you didn't just say that. <laughs> Be like, it's a familiar word, but <laughs> yes. So that's him. Um, and so this is 1969. So there was so much going on culturally at this moment. So the man lands on the moon, or men land on the moon for the first time. <laughs> Stonewall riots were this year. Um, oh Twiggy gosh. is like the it girl of fashion. Twiggy and um, Jean Shrimpton. Um, so, you know, very mod outfits, big eyelashes, big old eyes. And, yeah. yeah. And it's the height of Woodstock. So like festival going concert fashion is really big. The Beatles did their last concert. Jimi Hendrix is the huge. The Beatles did their last concert in 69. Yep. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Andy Warhol is also, you know, happening with his factory, the factory. And f- as far as fashion goes, Mary Quant was kind of one of the big fashion designers of the 60s, a British fashion designer who popularized mini skirts and tall boots, like knee-high boots. Um, so that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> also, Paco Rabanne, you know how we love right now, like kind of the revival of Paco Rabanne yeah. with like those metal... Um, metal dresses that are like they're like little metal sequins they're like fashion's version of chainmail. they're like big yeah, old exactly circles attached to like chainmail. yeah exactly and so that that was huge around this time so just oh. lots of glitzy glamorous colorful um exciting stuff going on in fashion and th- I, I feel like also and also emilio pucci who's known for like paisley and really colorful wild prints and um 
I think this was kind of the first time that street fashion was kind of becoming a thing and designers Uh. were looking to the streets and the youth culture to start incorporating into their collections. So before that, it was always more of a trickle down effect from like the couture houses. And then um, you see the kind of the popular fashions from the designers on the streets. But now the people were buying, you know, wearing like thrifting outfits, thrifted Mm. outfits. And making their own style choices exactly and um and designers were looking to the youth for that so the youth quake movement was happening um and oh, that is that a real was, term oh, okay yeah, yeah explain exactly. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so that was coined by diana vreeland the um the prolific um editor-in-chief of vogue u.s vogue who's you know responsible for most of that decade and actually i don't know exactly what the time frame but she she's even responsible for landing on the moon little known fact (laughs) (laughs) jokes jokes yeah um and might as well been i bet you she's like had some you know influence somewhere she was huge she had a big Um, impact yeah (laughs) also kind of a pun (laughs) okay so, so yeah, all of that was happening, and this movie comes out. And I think out of all of the Bond movies, this is kind of the most of its... It, I mean, there's other ones that are super of its time, but this one is the most, like, colorful and, mm. you know, lots of clothes and fashion and eye candy to look at. So I, I actually really love this one. I also love this one. I'm just going to get it out of the way at the beginning because I'm chomping at the bit. I loved this. I feel like... Yeah. Most of these, I'm like, I have so much to say. And in this one, I'm like, they did really well. I have very little to say, except yeah. great and very 1969. Everything else is yeah. kind of like, fantastic. Let me just applaud it. Well done. Yeah, exactly. I So I came to this movie a lot later in life um, as you know, compared to my other Bond experiences because I think, um, and even back then, um, this one was kind of a throwaway movie because he wasn't... Sean oh, because of Lazenby, right. Yeah, and he wasn't Roger Moore. And, like, I grew up on Roger Moore and Connery, and my mom and a lot of our parents, I feel like, were like, oh, he that's the one that's not the real James Bond, you know? Right. And so there was a little bit of that attitude. But in recent years, like in the last decade, I feel like it's become a, a more notable, noted as, like, one of the best Bond movies because it's so different. Um, the female characters, uh, Diana Rigg, is a super strong female character in this. And it's it's I don't know it's just different it's great it is great and oh and we should mention we went to see this in the movie theaters um when I was visiting you in LA yeah uh, two years ago that was my first like classic that. bond in theater <gasps> experience really? which was, yeah like an old bond movie to watch I'm in honored. theaters that was the first time it was so much oh. fun and I cried and it you was did great I didn't even know if I knew yeah. that that's so cool oh my gosh yeah. Like watching it in the theater, really, I think the music gets you. And um, oh yeah, and I already, you know, I already knew the story and I knew what was coming and all that stuff. We'll get to the that actually. Part later. I cried when I I watched this through like last night or something, uh-huh. maybe the night before. I cried also. Yeah, it's so, so <laughs> I don't know why I'm so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, you know what we should mention? It's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, exactly. So yesterday I was um, <laughs> listening to the soundtrack of this on vinyl and putting up my Christmas tree. <laughs> and oh it was my the, gosh! Yeah, it was the best like mood setting thing. I love it. Wow. I watch this um, I pretty much like every Christmas. 
Is this your top Christmas movie? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah, worthy. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, worthy for sure. So Merry Christmas to everybody who's a Christmas celebrator and Merry Day of Celebration if you're not into Christmas religiously. I said that this is Lazenby's only Bond movie. He, before this, didn't do any acting. He was in like a a fish commercial or something, like (laughs) a commercial for fish sticks or something. He was a model, right? He was a model, yeah. He happened to be, I think, the highest paid model and highest paid male model in England. And um, so he was already like popular in that sense, but he had no prior acting experience. And the way he got the job was like just a super cocky, ballsy move where he... Got he he got a suit made by like the same tailors that make uh, Sean Connery's outfit Sean Connery's suits. Got the same haircut. Walked into the producer's office, um, like just skated past the receptionist. Got into Harry Saltzman's office and just said like, you know, I'm your man. I'm yeah. I'm I should I should get the part. And um, then they auditioned and all this stuff. And the or the story goes like he he had to audition for a fight scene and knocked out the stunt guy like <gasps> he didn't know how to do acting punches so he just like <laughs> literally socked the guy and harry saltzman was like okay you're the you're the guy for the job <laughs> yeah, there's a so great documentary it. about him i think both of us have seen on hulu do you remember what it's mm-hmm. called i feel so irresponsible not having that front of mind i'll oh, look it up is it called becoming bond oh i think it is yeah becoming bond yeah, I think. and it's yeah it's basically all about george lazenby but obviously primarily about his bond life part part of his life that's about bond being bond Mm -hmm. and it seems like he was just really like a more casual model version of james bond the person the character Mm -hmm. is that the impression you got yeah well yeah i I, yeah i guess that's the way to put it i (laughs) how would you put it he's it's hilarious like he's such a storyteller and you know it's all embellished and stuff um but like just hilariously ladies man and uh he's an australian guy um and he talks about like fights and things like just very macho Mm -hmm. ladies man kind of just like fell into everything all these incredible things that happened to him he's one of those people who's just magic and just like manifest things left and right without really thinking too hard about it yep yeah but great documentary it's it's really funny <laughs> really fun and it's great that we ha- in the documentary he's like i want to say around 60 plus oh yeah, yeah. and s- it's nice to hear someone from that point in their life especially somebody who's such like a ladies man like frivolous kind of person to talk to think back about how the beginning of their life was so, like to hear the perspective from him now mm-hmm. versus having heard it then cuz obviously it would have sounded really different Mm-hmm. at the time to now anyway so that's very cool i loved it mm-hmm. i would recommend it gives such good insight into his character in the movie as well somehow totally. yeah 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 definitely um okay shall, shall we, we talk cold open? yeah cold cold open or intro or uh, we'll just start with the movie yeah go, you can go first if you want okay um just a quick note this is the only gun barrel sequence where you see uh james bond drop to his knee what you know what do and you when mean? he shoots you know in the gun barrel se- uh, sequence where it's like the music coming in and then he you know what oh, i'm talking gun about barrel. gun barrel yeah yeah now and, i understand yeah. where sh- you it he, looks like you're looking through the barrel shooting. of the gun in the intro right. sequence okay yes yeah yeah so that um it's the only one where he drops to his knee when he shoots mm-hmm. and you know and then the blood drips yeah just that 
Um, right. but I really and in like the doc, it. they even said something where like that they were just having him play around and he was bored. So he did a bunch of things just kind oh. of accidentally that they didn't love. And that was one of them, but they kept it and really liked it or something like that. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. There's some. That's cool. Obviously, I learn better from movies oh. than anything else. <laughs> a little improv <laughs> improv moment. Yeah, there, there was a bunch of things like that that you can really see how his personality is very Bond in some ways and how that really worked to, to improve the film. Mm-hmm. Although also I can imagine him being an absolute pain in the ass to work with based on that film. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh my God, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get into the cold open where you see... Um, Bond, uh, we don't know yet like who the Bond actor is it's like really mysterious how they're introducing him and I really love these shots it's like shows him lighting a cigarette and he's driving his car and um, and oh. he's chasing a girl in, in her car and she and you see um, Diana Rigg as Tracy DiVincenzo DiVincenzo whoa um, Tracy what? DiVincenzo DiVincenzo I say her name like very quickly T- and okay <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I could not repeat it. Tracy, Tracy, Teresa, Her, or Tracy. Tracy. Got it. Tra- yeah, Tracy, um, who is tra- who is attempting to commit suicide by drowning in the ocean, in the most like glamorous looking sequin dress. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks like a mermaid, and my feelings he- on that were like it just looks Ooh, like yeah. the whole. I didn't, first of all, in the in the opening where he's, like, doing the little detail shots that don't quite reveal him, I didn't put two and two together that, like, this would be the first time seeing this actor and that's why the suspense was, mm. was lovely. I was just kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. Like, it didn't build anything for me because I right. wasn't considering that. But yeah. um, once we get to the seaside where he jumps out and tries to go save her and she's, like, in the water flailing... She's not really flailing. She's walking around like arms to her side, just looking like she's dancing in the waves, frankly. And she has this <laughs> gorgeous, flowy, but also sequined and incredible thing on at dress thing. And mm-hmm. when she's doing that, I was just like, oh, that that literally just looks like me on any given day that I'm allowed <laughs> to go to the beach, period. <laughs> I'm always going to get waist deep play around as long as I can put my shoes somewhere where they won't get stolen because I live in LA and it scares me um then I'm gonna be doing that so first I was like I don't really know if that translates as someone trying to kill themselves in the ocean but I'll take it from 1969 (laughs) that's unusual enough that sure I mean (laughs) right I was like it was quick for him to intervene you know yeah she's just going for a dip I mean exactly what if she's just like stop it slap Yeah, that wasn't uh, communicated the most clearly, but you know, you get you get what's going on. Maybe it was just so obviously. rare though in 1969 yeah. <laughs> that you're like got to be that's got to be a suicide. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> but then he pulls her out of the ocean and he just sounds like so cheery. It's yeah. really funny. He's like, "Hi, I'm Bond." <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose if you My feel like you Bond. just saved someone and you got a bit of ego. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he does a whole fight scene. We really get like, okay, this is Bond. We're in Bond territory. Got it. She runs away. And mm-hmm. we start the chase. Chasing the damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then it goes straight into the in the title sequence. The title credits sequence. Mm-hmm. I Which? had very little notes on this also. All I <laughs> okay. wrote was <clears throat> all I wrote was 
hourglass vibes and nice nips nice nips yes oh my god i can't believe you brought that up because i was thinking that too i was like this is definitely free the nipple period mm-hmm. um loads of nipple <laughs> loads of nipples really pointy too um cold room loads the, of nipple the yep. hourglass you know it's reflective of time and the the secondary theme tune to this movie is called we have all the time in the world sung by um louis armstrong all oh those yeah things. what is the with the time references i didn't quite put together what was being the, inferred by that i think just that we actually it's the irony of we don't have time because she's she, well, i don't want to sp- we'll get to the lo- part of the <laughs> you end you can say it later. anybody who's listening has better <laughs> yeah. have seen the movie or be ready to get a spoiler okay, that's what we're yeah, here yeah. for um so yeah the that you know they set it up like we have all the time in the world and she um obviously oh, dies at the end so yeah it, i think it's about that and how life is short and time as a significant Thing, yeah yeah you know? i see that now yeah thank and, you <laughs> um and so my think feeling on the title sequence is i don't like it <laughs> visually really? i i don't like it i think the colors are jarring but that's also kind of reflective of the time um mm. the the kind of majesty the queen and country motifs yeah um, they're like doing naked silhouetted women as like a like a I was going to say genetic <laughs> as like your family's crest type of yeah. looking shapes, like mirroring each other, doing weird poses and stuff. Yeah. Because of the genetic symbolism. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm, I don't love when the referencing of all the previous movies. Right. Um, yeah. All the images. Yeah. I feel like it makes sense for the time because how we have yeah. sequels, like every other movie that comes out today is a sequel of something. And uh, creatives in hollywood hate it but i th- i think i believe back in 1969 there were not that many sequels coming out so i get that they would want to like kind of remind you refresh you with these images you're not like searching the internet before you go to the movie i yeah for sure the but it was boring back then <laughs> I know, like <laughs> because you couldn't <laughs> yeah um but also they i think they were really trying to push to the audience that like okay this is a james bond movie don't mm. worry it's a james bond the guy's different but it's james bond <laughs> don't worry it's james bond. it's james bond don't worry yeah don't worry should, um. we should layer us saying that over the actual <laughs> <laughs> don't worry guys um same it's guy still bond it's a different actor but it's oh, james bond which i i have to ask um your first actually this wasn't your first time seeing it but what do you think about the breaking the fourth wall this never happened to the other fella like look into the camera moment. I, w- I was gonna ask you what you thought as somebody <laughs> who's more Bond centered. Because, I mean, in general in movies, I don't, I don't have one stance. I think it totally worked in this movie, so I have no okay. qualms with it. If it, mm-hmm. if it had not worked, that would be different. But I, I thought what was weirder than breaking the fourth wall to look into the camera. To, oh, if you don't know, breaking the fourth wall is when you look into the camera in like a narrative movie. So normally you're not looking in the camera. And he looks into the camera and says, this never happened to the other fella. And he's, I assume, tell me if I'm wrong, referencing the previous James Bond mm-hmm. actor. It felt weirder to me that he was acknowledging that there was a different actor playing James Bond mm-hmm. than breaking the fourth wall. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, give me a cheeky line. But like, really? What? Yeah. Interesting. That's the weird thing. It's like, they were really... Mm. Is kind of like their <laughs> way <thoughts>. of addressing <laughs> their way of addressing. Yes, it's 
he's the same guy but played different guy i whatever but um it, it was just one of those things it came up because it was one of those things that he was always saying on set like oh this never happened to the other fella and oh, then really? the direct yeah like I don't know in what instance he was saying that but sure. he just was saying it around and then the director was like oh say that thing you always say and then they just threw it into the movie <laughs> but so I like that because it was like a first time director um it, it, there's all these new things that they're trying so it's it just feels fresh and new and weird yeah. um I but overall, well, I, I'm not super into it. Into him breaking the fourth it's, wall to say yeah, that. Into that, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can get that. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm neutral about it. Yeah. Okay, moving they on. Did, I'll say, as far as oh, filmmaking yeah. in this movie, they used so much day for night. They used so many film tricks. So mm-hmm. I guess hearing that this was this guy's first time directing, to me, as someone in the industry in general... It makes sense that somebody who was an editor, first time directing, is like, let's use all the tricks. Like, let's do right. day for night for every, <laughs> pr- almost every single night shot. Let's do all the special cutting tricks and camera angle tricks for every fight scene. Let's do all these tricks for every this type of thing. Like, everything was like camera trick, camera trick, camera trick, right. camera trick. Yeah. Which There's is fine. Mo. It was yeah. interesting. It was fun. But hearing that, I, I like, I might not have guessed it before, but now I'm like, that makes sense. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But first time person being like, I know what I'm doing. Watch, I can do these things that not all, everyone can do. Yeah. Doing mm-hmm. all the things. It's going to look his so belt. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In which case, breaking the fourth wall makes even more sense. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Um, okay. Should we go through our chronological outfits? outfits? Yeah. Let me double check our yeah. list and make sure Dusty first year. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Let's go through looks. Okay, do you want to okay. go first? <laughs> I, no, I want you to go first. Me first. I feel like I always go first. Okay. I, I don't know, but I'm yeah. I'm going to just continue with keeping them chronological but not in best to worst favorites. Like Exactly. Chronologically, Same. my top 5. Okay. Number 1 is the the dress she wears at the beach. Mm-hmm. Duh, of course. It's Duh. like it's so me, it's so incredible. It's the fashion in this movie was kind of, of all the Bond movies, very made for me because I'm just like loud, loud. I want colors. <laughs> I want shapes. Give it to me. Give me sequins. Sparkly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although not everything was like that. I feel like there were a lot of things where I was like, this gets me. <laughs> so much. So that's my first. And to describe it a little better, it's a, like a blue, green, and silvery in, de- in the slight details sequin what do you call that with those big sleeves? Like a caftan type of dress? Um, not really flutter sleeve. It, it's <laughs> like almost like a giant cape, giant old cape, I feel like. Like it almost. is cut like a dress, but, but yeah. it looks like it's more like like a, oh, I almost said Pareo. <laughs> it looks like it's more like a, no, like, I think what are those Mexican things you put over your head and a there? poncho? Poncho. It looks yeah. shape wise more like a long poncho, or caftan, I guess. Yeah, I think I think caftan's close. Caftan the closest thing. Yeah, and um, it's slit up the center to like halfway Her up crotch. the thigh. Yeah, crotch pretty much. <laughs> yeah, um, in the center, but like so occasionally a leg will peek through, and maybe on the side. But so far, I think it's just the center. Yeah. And of course, showing so much cleave. I don't know what's up. I think maybe it was like a James Bond, like mandated by the producers or something. <laughs> but I'm starting to realize all of these movies, because my 
in all of these movies, there is just an emphasis on deep, muchos cleavage as possible and not like always in a sex well i guess it's always sexy but it's not always like the best way to show off that person's figure but it it feels like mandated let me tell you what i mean by this when we're looking through these outfits my actual favorite cut for the chest on a woman is not cleavage area i like the higher cut the better frankly because i like the look of like bazoinga boobs in one like i don't know capsule (laughs) i don't know how to call this but i like the look of seeing the the shape from the side the hourglass look from the sides yeah like silhouette style so personally my favorite look on a woman's boobies is not like the cleavage part the cleavage part can be fantastic but it's not like really that the cleavage in the center is not really that attractive to me it kind of just looks like weird rib cage in Mm. my weird opinion in most cases i mean obviously (laughs) you're talking about like lingerie or something that's different because you're literally trying to have little bits of clothes on yeah it's Mm -hmm. like about having less clothes so like adding stuff is weird but in general in clothes that's my feeling but I'm noticing in all these Bond movies there's like so much straight down the center massive amounts of of boob do you know what I mean yeah it's definitely I mean showing the deep v is definitely like um a form of sexiness in of course in terms of the clothes yeah and I, I but it's think, one form and it's like the main right, form exactly. in every it's movie, one it form. feels like <laughs> no you're right um you're right that it's one form there's definitely um other bond girls that have I mean it's you're always going to get cleavage in these movies, but of course. they also have the turtlenecks and there's, there is a balance, but right. it's heavy, heavy on the cleavage for sure. Yeah. But you know um, how I you love- can have cleavage that's like, like a, a playboy classic outfit where it's like top, uh, topless <laughs> where it's, um, Oh, strapless. What do you call it? Strapless is what I'm yeah. trying to get at strapless. Mm-hmm. And it could be sweetheart or square neck or whatever. And you can get that type of cleavage yeah. or you can get cleavage. That's more square necked in general, but to have these really emphasis on the, the deep plunge. V where it's almost like plunging below what would be uh-huh. a bra line. That's a uh-huh. very specific, at least it feels like today type of cleavage that seems to be the choice, but I've also haven't seen that many bond movies. So we will see. <laughs> it is the, it is the choice for sure. Um, I, love I wonder both. if that's like I, a, a I like choice hotness for men in the seventies and sixties or something. Cause I'm sure the producers yeah, had think- to do with it. Uh, yeah, uh, choice hotness for men. I think it still is uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, it's it's definitely, um, you know, plunge deep V is still. We'll have to do a poll and find se- out. Yeah, that's that's a good. <laughs> I don't want to put words in other men's mouths, but <laughs> I mean, a poll. You very well great. are probably right. <laughs> <laughs> a poll would be great. Okay, this outfit was also my first choice. <laughs> this is why. This is why I was like, okay, there's like clear standouts. I feel like we're going to overlap a lot, but then there's so many other side outfits. So we'll see what actually happens. This movie is like, the problem with this movie was how many incredible, perfect, beautiful things there were. It was like impossible Mm -hmm. to pick. It's like a treasure chest you open. It's just filled. It is. That's why it's so, I like, you know, I think of it, this one is like the eye candy visually it's very 60s of its time eye candy one it's like just so much going on um but yeah I thought she looked great in that dress I think the choice of like I want to know where she was coming from like where was (gasps) she wearing this dress because I think the idea is she wears stuff to that level of glamour even if she's just like sat on the couch like if she was in quarantine (laughs) she'd be wearing a version of that every day this is her house dress 
Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, are you yeah. kidding me? This is this is my casual look. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I just put on my caftan that I like wear at home. I put um, on my sequin caftan because that's what yeah. I wear when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> and it's gorgeous. She looks like a mermaid yes. flowing into the water. Her hair's down. And the um, day for night makes the sequins so bright and beautiful sparkle yeah we wouldn't get that same sparkle if it was night for night so i appreciate it yeah also um i want to mention just what he's wearing oh yeah go ahead please and it's a ruffle front or is it ruffle (laughs) hold on ruffle front shirt white shirt i'm trying to zoom in on my pictures real quick it's like if you watch harry potter what ron gets as his dress robes in the mail that he's embarrassed by that are from the 70s that are his like family's dress robes because they can't afford new ones and they're they've got all kind of velvet and like intense amounts of ruffles on them intense for the 21st century eye that's a that's the same vibe but like it's newly made in 69 his uncle was james bond I mean, maybe, maybe that's the secret just connection. Wanted to be <laughs> between Harry Potter and and James Bond. That's awesome. Um, so, but he, so he's just wearing Lazenby's just wearing the shirt and then black pants. Um, but I like that he's got no undershirt on and his shirt gets wet and you can it's just like almost see through. You just see them nips and hairs. <laughs> Um, but I, I think he looks great. Like I, I like the the kind of see through effect of the shirt and um, how he just yeah. like, got wet and was like, "Fuck it." <laughs> I'm always a fan of what what appears more free. So when an undershirt mm-hmm. looks more constricting, I would prefer without it. Mm-hmm. I have to yeah. say that specifically because sometimes having layers feels really free and nice. But yeah, undershirts no, don't free. usually free exactly. Okay, my second chronologically favorite is her, I call it her white tit entrance dress. <laughs> white tit, yeah. <laughs> it's Diana, wait, Diana Rigg is the actress, Teresa. Uh-huh. It's Teresa's <laughs> dress that she wears and the en- her entrance in it, in the casino, like moments later, and her entrance is just a shot, She her head is cut off, she walks into frame and it's just, there's a light in the casino specifically shining right onto that open front titty <laughs> yep yeah uh, is this one of yours too yes it's my number I three though so <laughs> oh. we'll talk about it in a moment okay I have, i'll just okay. leave it at that then we'll go into okay, detail okay. in a moment yeah, yeah we'll go into detail in a sec so my number two is the james bond's cream suit that he wears when he arrives cream. at the hotel it's a cream suit, and he has it's linen. He has a pink shirt underneath. Cream. And in I don't even remember this cream. I'll send you a picture. Okay, please. And he is wearing a knit tie, a navy blue knit tie with it. And I the love whole a knit thing. Tie. Yeah, me too. He actually wears a couple knit ties in this, and I think that's very sixties. So I love. Um, but he just looks great. Like you can tell he was a model because he looks like. You know, like when they say, like, you're a clothing hanger, like clothes yes. just hangs on him beautifully. And the, yeah, he's totally. so body-wise, like, lanky and, um, I don't know, like, he just looks really swaggery. I like it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's nice to see Bond in a light color suit. He's often, a lot of the times, in, you know, dark tones, unless he's wearing the white tux. Unless he's wearing a, a baby blue something. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> as yes. we've learned in this movie, Bond's worn baby blue twice at least now. So, <clears throat> surprise. That's so true. Um, but yeah, I liked this one a lot. I like it on him. I just texted it to you. Great. I, see. I love it. Looks gorgeous. Gorgeous. Okay. I just saw the whole thing is like whitish. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really pay whitish. attention, but I guess that's because I'm less into menswear and you are fantastic I, with menswear. I love, I love menswear. <laughs> love menswear. Um, so back to our white, what is yeah. your third choice and okay. my second? Yeah. Um, let's describe it. It's It has these. Do you have fashion terms to describe this? Because I'm just going to use like mumbles. <laughs> <laughs> it's, are you talking about kind of the neckline and the shoulders? Yeah, it's like it's got thicker. kind of a wide collar, almost like a sailor collar, but it yes. doesn't it doesn't hang over as like a it's past the shoulder line. But it's it is it's like stiff line. because of stiff because like it's a, is it beaded? Okay, yes. I couldn't tell if it was beading or something else. It's like a pearly type of beads. So you, mm-hmm. that's the kind of look, but small. So it doesn't look like pearls from afar. It just looks like texture and thick and stiff in a beautiful way. Yeah, just encrusted all over yes. the the collar, her yeah. bra that she's wearing underneath, and also yes, a little bit. Yes, that's a bit, part of it. I know. And then also in um in the it's a it's a evening dress uh, gown length evening dress floor length evening dress. So there's a slit in the front, and you see when she's walking a little bit of a uh, beading peek through the slit. <gasps> oh yes, I didn't realize that's where it was. I just noticed there was beading consistency elsewhere, and I my mm-hmm. mind went screams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excitement. So I, but the rest. So what's the material components. for the rest of the dress? It's just like a like a nice. <clears throat> I don't know, like a mm. like a wool or something. It feels like it more of like a non, like a, a clean. Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it has weight to it. I, I, it yeah. could be like a heavy crepe satin, not merely satin oh. though. Um, it wasn't well, like as shiny as usual satin, R- right? Though, so right? Crepe, crepe, okay. crepe satin is like the dull kind. So it's basically oh. like if you look at the reverse side of like silky satin fabric, the um, it's the reverse side. Man, but, I don't know if I've ever looked at the reverse side of <laughs> silky <laughs> satin but fabric. It, it's definitely, or, or it could be wool. I have to hold on. I have to pull up a picture and well, either detail. way, the emphasis is certainly on the the beaded areas and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm seeing a full body now you're right it's it's like there's this whole panel underneath it looks like it's a slit but it's actually this like panel of that same beaded texture coming out of the bottom like as if there was an underskirt of that beaded texture I, all the way around but it's that, just that that's panel. what I think no I think it is an always oh, an underskirt it, oh maybe it, it looks is separate yeah which it, it makes me think const- like wow. construction wise the dress it must be like She's wearing an underskirt, a bra with a matching bra is, is what I imagine. And then right. she puts on this like dress over it. Wow. Which is really cool to think about like it the pieces really cool. and components. Oh, and she, she has great uh, cleavage. Yeah, she does. Um, shit. I forgot to mention the fucking costume designer for this. It oh, it's is, okay. Say it now. Yeah. Her name is Marjorie Cornelius. And she actually only has, I think, two features credited to her name. <gasps> um, and then maybe like two more movies she worked on where she made the dresses. What? But, but she killed this. Uh, right? That's how I feel. I was like, how did you not do more Had shit? to be her choice to step out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, and then my one other favorite thing about this um, white ensemble is that she's showing her bra that she's wearing underneath. Like it's yes. obviously designed as part of the dress, but it seems like a bold move to show to use like a bra as an accessory yes. or like as a showing part of the garment. Like back then, I feel like that was maybe a New kind move. of um, 
yeah like very totally. forward thinking and pushing you know things a little bit but still in like a glamorous setting like in a casino and everything totally so I, I love that outer inner wear is outer wear and like you it's wouldn't happening. probably have noticed that the I think the only part that's the bra that's showing through is like just the very center it just is that yeah. little bit between her boobs where the bra is connecting the cups and I don't think you would know that because it's the same exact beaded texture. I don't think you'd know it was her bra if it wasn't for her stripping off the dress and just being in that bra later, mm-hmm. which is kind of the cheekiness. Like, ooh, my bra's showing, but you don't all know. Mm-hmm. Which I love. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love that piece. And she has this hairdo pretty much throughout the movie. This is her most common hairdo. Every time she's wearing something fancy, it's like this hairdo. Yeah, the little like Pulled sideburn. Back. Yeah, tiny little curl sideburns, which are so cute. The hair is like pulled back to the top back of her head, and it's in, it's just this mass of little curly hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little, it's not that little, it's like curly hair, but it's not dangling down in ringlets. It's just like, yeah, cute. Yeah, updo. Beautiful updo. Beautiful. Um, are we next? Yes, you're, wait, that was my. That was your third three, and my second. So, you go. so I'll do my yeah. treso. <laughs> Teresa. My Teresa. Um, my third is James Bond's brown and orange, his brown suit, but with the orange uh, turtleneck <gasps> underneath. Oh, yeah. When he gets kidnapped and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I I like it, too. Um, oh, just like it? <laughs> no, I yeah. I, I, I love, no, no, no. Okay, so I, I do love it. I didn't pick it as one of my favorites. It's definitely an honorable mention. Um, but I love how in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. You know, Tarantino's yeah, yeah. movie um, also takes place in 1969. Um, Rick Dalton, Leo's character, is kind of wearing a similar getup as him. I, I yes. feel like he's definitely like inspired Tarantino or the costume designer was inspired by this a bit. And so I love that connection, like how totally. it's still kind of reference. Um, but yeah, I do like that outfit a lot. I really love Go it. Ahead. I love yeah. all every detail I was able to uh, really see in the suit. I really loved. I love the the cut of the the bottom of the suit. <laughs> I don't know to say this. The bottom of the jacket. It feels like it's scrunched up a little bit in the bottom back, just a little. Not as much as like a an aviator jacket. What do you call those? It, like a bomber. a bomber. It's not as scrunched mm-hmm. up all the way around the way a bomber would be, but it's just a little bit of like pulled together the fabric in the bottom back. But it's also higher up, so the front look just barely hangs slightly longer probably because it's not bunched up but it gives just this like slight shape to it that's different it looks mm-hmm. kind of like a wool type of fabric like a heavier thicker mm-hmm. type of fabric and the pockets are like perfectly square but the and they fold all the way over so they're not just like how do you put that like safari style pockets where it's like the pocket Fla- is placed on but it's also flap. folded over oh, yeah patch pockets with the oh flap. patch pockets with a flap yeah. there you go <laughs> it has those right uh at the bottom front of the jacket and i mm-hmm. love those kind of pockets just I all the details you- i love yeah exactly the back has like vents um oh uh, vents like, okay not, <laughs> not like back vents like a suit does but um it, oh, what do you call it it's like um basically in like the shoulder to uh hip area where it gives just a little bit of extra mobility it's like a pl- extra pleat in there 
um mm. but it's it's just to allow a little bit more room for um his sh- like if you were reaching forward for your shoulders to reach um all those oh. details it's like very well tailored jacket i think you'd still call Gorgeous. it a bomber um oh would you I you like, might I, you totally I think might so. uh, it's just less it's not tight in the yeah. front the way a classic bomber yeah would be. exactly my thinking for it being a bomber is because the collar is like um right 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 the shape of the collar basically and it's a zip front the collar is yeah. like no collar. It's like yeah. just slightly. It's not the complete no collar that got popular in like the movie Her. <laughs> it's the type of no collar that has just a hint of what a bomber would have, but just like a two inch version or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. cute. No, that that's great. It looks like a well tailored piece of uh, casual wear, which mm-hmm. I, love. I love. And what I like most is the shapes and the color. I like a little mock mm-hmm. neck. I mean, it's a turtleneck, I think, but it's like maybe his neck is really big it looks like more <laughs> of a mock neck of a turtleneck it does it's shorter yeah well um and i just realized we forgot or i forgot to say some of the things i loved about the casino scenes besides oh, the outfit yeah. i have to mention the suite his suite in the casino <laughs> oh my god there is a a bed that is covered in yellow terry cloth like all the pillowcases are yellow ter- terry cloth it's a complete like could be king size bed on his balcony Uh not to mention the interior design like so few white walls in this whole movie which i so love and appreciate and Uh people take for granted in more recent movies i think yeah the casino walls are bright purple like baroque pattern Mm -hmm. wallpaper we have loads of like textured walls throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. like when we're in the he's portuguese is that right the guy the teresa's um, dad it, or is it just take place in portugal italian i thought they were italian french. but he was using french as well and i'm like well he i know portuguese well. is a mix and then and then and then um th- this it was filmed in portugal so you're not right. wrong with that um but that's what I was going off of. Ma- his name's Mark Onstreko. Um, and then her last name is Di Vincenzo, which is very Italian. Italian, um, yeah. I think, I think they're Italian. Maybe okay, French, so potentially, questionable. <laughs> potentially Italians in Portugal, in which case they would speak a little French as well. Maybe? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, uncertain. But even in his uh, house, his the room of his that we see... There are like tiled walls, like every like bookcase covered walls in later in the movie when Bond goes through different like um, legal buildings or like more fancy, expensive buildings. They have like completely wooden, but not just wooden walls, but like wooden with all different panels and all different like columns and edges. Like everything isn't just not white. It's like completely done up, textured to the nines. Mm hmm. Even when they have glass, I was noticing, talk about movie tricks, they have glass in a bunch of scenes, like an office that's got largely made of glass windows, for example, but all of the glass is, I don't even know what you call this, where it's like indented. Hmm. (laughs) It looks like if glass was like soft, you took a sheet of glass and just hammered little spots into it. So like it's in, out, in, out, in, out. There's a name for this type of glass and the whole thing looks more foggy because of it. And frankly, this is a the way to shoot glass in a movie because glass is so hard to shoot around because of the reflections. Yeah, um, yeah. So even that is like movie tricks, movie tricks, movie tricks. <laughs> There's an office <laughs> with like seven different 
angles and walls all made out of this glass mostly and i was like man they picked the right glass they didn't just but they didn't just make it fogged glass like yeah uh, i forget the word but like fogged over they literally were like let's get a textured glass like every wall is textured and colored and beautiful yeah Um, i'm in (laughs) I, me too. And I love like a good bond in a hotel room, like bond yes. checking into a hotel kind of scene. Um, Cause that adds to like the travelogue element, you know, of, um, yes. of these movies. It's like, Oh, I want to be there. I want to go yes. there. And um, yeah, the bed on the outside on the balcony is one of the funniest, but coolest things. Yes. Um, it's like overlooking the pool. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole thing's that yellow terry yeah. cloth. And you're like, but that's not going to stop it from like totally molding. <laughs> <laughs> right all right yeah (laughs) Yeah, but it's such a fantasy and it it seemed really perfect for 1969 because i feel like waterbeds probably came out around that time like Mm -hmm. the ability to be more luxurious and playful and just have fun with things and break the rules even in home decor yeah exactly new yeah it's post-war like you know yes things were becoming more um I mean, not really, I guess, frivolous, but, like, people were happy. There's rebellion as well against the tightness of their parents in style and in money. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Very cool. Watching this and recognizing those those kind of aspects, it made me wonder if, like, parents at the time, parents of of the central age, you know, people who are, like, 55 plus at the time maybe saw this and were, like, I hate it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they still would have been of that previous generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I have to mention throughout this movie in all the fight scenes, we have a classic 1969 era, the sounds. Oh Ev- my God. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Okay. The sounds of these fight scenes like, And they're so loud. You're like, they're la- so the sound that feels, it's just like, huh, is like 10 times louder than the glass breaking at the same time. You're like, that's not, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that to me is one of the things that's aged the worst in this is the sound editing. Cause like, but it's like a favorite of, of, ba- of poorly aging things in film. It's a favorite. Bad fighting sounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, hilarious. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, later there's, like, a scene where they have a fight in, in like, a room full of bells. And every yes! fucking time I'm like, I have to turn the volume down. It's so loud. And uh, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, they um, were stoked on that. They were like, yeah. cool, bell fight scene. <laughs> and even in her, when she fights a guy later, just toward the finale, same thing. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Let's go to the okay i have a question for you lou and i if you know this i don't understand i feel like this movie of the james bond movies i've seen so far references a lot of cultural things that i feel like bond normally doesn't because usually it's a little more timeless it's i guess yeah yeah Yeah. you mean so but in this movie if you remember after when when james is in that brown suit that i love uh-huh. When they've kidnapped him and they're taking him to... Can I guess what you're going to say? Yes. Mystery tour? No. No. Okay. <laughs> did, did they say that out loud? He says that out yeah. loud, doesn't he? Mystery tour. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. And that 
that just like lended into the background of me being like, why is this so culturally suggestive? Okay, but what are you going to say? What I'm going to say is, because I guess when he says it out loud, it feels like he's acknowledged it. So I'm less wondering about it. I'm just like, oh, that's an active choice. But they're, when they're going into that, uh, he's being taken into Teresa's dad's place. They walk past a little person who's mm-hmm. sweeping. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. he's the janitor or something. The janitor, yeah. And he's whistling the song from Breakfast at Tiffany's. No. That, like, do, No, doo, it's... Doo. No? Okay, that is so funny because it is similar, but it's oh. actually <laughs> Goldfinger. just like it to me. Exactly. It's Goldfinger, the previous, uh, older Bond movie that he's what? whistling. So Come it's a referencing Goldfinger itself. Goldfinger for me. Goldfinger. Oh, okay. So maybe that part is literally the same note. He's a man. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's, well, they shouldn't that's... reference something that's also so famous, but maybe Breakfast Tiffany's didn't come out yet. Actually, Breakfast at Tiffany's was 1961. Wait, 1961? I think it was I wonder if so it was that earlier. song referenced the Goldfinger song oh, then. Oh, shit. No, or not referenced, Goldfinger but inspired. Ca- okay, so here, wait. Let me look it up real quick. But oh I'm God. pretty sure. Dates, dates, I'm dates, pretty dates. sure. Encyclopedia <laughs> I'm pretty sure Breakfast at Tiffany's came first. Um, that song was written by Henry Mancini. And then oh, right, that's totally came an out. earlier 60s. Even yeah, the Goldfinger fashion. Goldfinger came out 1964. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right, guys? Um, so that, I mean, John Barry, the composer of the James Bond music, could have been referencing that a little. I mean, like has been inspired by it a little bit yeah inspired not yeah i'm not assuming it's two notes so or maybe it's three notes either way okay so i was totally wrong there but that's what it it i mean i don't know the goldfinger song i've never seen the movie oh my gosh yet we'll get to it yeah yeah good ear though okay so that's that's Um, what i was wondering and you've answered the question because people have said like oh it about goldfinger it reminds me of moon river and oh. so like that is a common thing oh good um, glad to know i'm not psycho <laughs> <laughs> psycho is probably a derogatory thing to say because some people are anyway my point is glad to know i'm not out of my natural mind alone yeah <laughs> yeah not alone um yeah but i he they did mention mystery tour so like beatles right and, just um, at that same time too huh he does mention the Beatles uh, in a like Sean Connery's version does mention the Beatles in a other Bond in Goldfinger actually, um, <laughs> saying how he hates it so hates them, um, which is hilarious. That's so it's like funny. such an older generation person thing. I yeah. know. So there there's moments, but and then but and then I think um, there, there's rare occasions that the Bond franchise does reference itself, you know, and do those things like whistling your old theme tune song which is another way of breaking the fourth wall yeah i think it's totally but it's subtle so it's cute subtle exactly we like like it it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay so my number four is when bond goes up to peace gloria in the swiss alps you know that um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. villain lair (gasps) he meets all of the girls which they're collectively called the angels of death i love that love it (laughs) yeah and or the allergy patients you know which is sexier to you (laughs) the allergy patients and um so many outfits first of all because i think there's like 12 girls maybe less but there's a lot of them on screen there are so many i love that my opinion on that before we get to your favorite is i just decided 
I cannot pick between them. It's hard to find individual shots of any of them. I'm just mm -hmm. obsessed with all of them. And probably all of those would be above my actual top picks. But I, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to go with ones that stand out more because it's just too much. It's overwhelming to be able to pick between all that juice. Yeah. They have like four outfit changes, all yeah. of them. Oh. But the first one is the most glamorous. Like, there's later on, their outfit changes got really dull, in my opinion. I mean, this is Alana, it, so even their Halloween-looking outfits, where <laughs> they're just dressed up like caricatures of themselves and stuff, like, I was in. Yeah, so the first outfits that he, like, the first time he meets them, the outfits they're wearing, okay, again, also, I could pick, like, five of them, but mm -hmm. my favorite one, and um, is actually, it's kind of a subtle one, but there's this one blonde girl who has kind of the twiggy eyelashes. Wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and wait she's finish wearing, first before I get She's it. wearing a beige jumpsuit. <gasps> it's pants. Alma, I was going to pick this, this but one, oh I felt God. like it was unreasonable because I couldn't find a full body, and, and like <laughs> I, I barely could even see exactly what the outfit was. But I know, I had yes. to... Yes, yes, yes. I had to pause it a million times. Um, oh, my But God. to describe it, it's a backless, high neck really? jumpsuit that is all beige but the chest area is has uh sprinkles of jewels so there's like it's partially jeweled i think it looks like occasional rhinestones like okay, inches yeah, apart from each other yeah exactly and um the collar on it is has a bit of fur yes <laughs> that's the yes. same color as the rest of it and when you when she gets up you can see that it's backless and it's connected just the back has like two straps thin straps that t hold the top together and the pants because the whole thing's loose feeling yeah so it, it's well, not it, so it looks, tight that it would hold on its own yeah exactly it, it looks like a knit some kind of knit maybe knit. cashmere oh that's something. not what i thought it could have been a woven fabric it could have been to me it knit, looked like a i'm gonna need your help on this it looked like, <laughs> like a, a the fabric that's kind of sheer that mm -hmm. is i want to say like uh, there's a crepe to it okay you might be right because i was watching this on like a shitty computer screen it could have been <laughs> like if things might have looked fuzzy and i was like what hmm, kind of fabric looks... am i talking about is there a name for I, that i think i don't know it could have it, okay if i were to guess and it wasn't a knit it could be like a woven not not as lightweight as Georgette because that's kind of like a very lightweight silk, but another Georgette kind is, of. But okay, Georgette is like silk. what ballet skirts, you know, like a simple ballet skirt. <gasps> ballet skirts. That's what it looks like to me. It okay, looks like so it is Georgette. really light and yeah, like a ballet skirt material. Yeah, but lined so it's Gosh. not sheer. Well, now we need to figure like this out. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Look um, on our Instagram. We'll figure it out and say something there. <laughs> yeah, we will. And yeah, it's pant. The pant leg part of it does look yes. like more like ballet skirt material because it's a little bit flowy when she walks. And it could um, be multiple materials. Like it could be. It is sure. hard to get a full. Oh, you know what? View. And it's yeah, longer. Looking... It's not like sleeves, but there is something on the arms. Mm, At no, one I don't point. Think so no. Oh, was there? I didn't think so. Well, here's the thing. The bottom, the legs are, it looks, the legs are the type of pants where it looks as though it's just this big, long skirt, but technically it's pants because. Exactly. Like palazzo. Well, there's the term. <laughs> They're like palazzo pants. So because of that, and she's moving around, she sits on a couch, she gets up. And because of that, I may have just seen some of the pant fabric on like part of her arm and thought, oh, mm. is that longer? Yeah, it is a lot of fabric. <laughs> it's really hard to identify this. <laughs> I'm so glad you we, said it. We but, will post it on Instagram right. and you guys will know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I 
loved this look. I I'm so glad it. you said it. I love it. Yeah. There's an actress in here. I don't know if you recognized her, but do you know who Joanna Lumley is? No. <laughs> so she is Patsy from Absolutely Fabulous. That like uh, seven seventies. I know 80s, the, the show. British. Yeah. Yeah. So she's 80s. 80s. Yeah. She's one of the Bond girls in this. And um, it's cute because she, uh, I think it must have been one of her first acting roles. She was a model before, but she basically like while everyone was just waiting around on set, she would teach them to knit and crochet (laughs) so there you see her in um when you first meet her she's sitting on the couch kind of crocheting she's like off to the right side of the frame and she's in a black sequin outfit and she's just crocheting there i'm like oh that's so funny that is so cute she's just sweetly crocheting and teaching the girls how to pass time (laughs) that is so cute yeah i love it and i love that i mean it fits the storyline so that's cool but i love that we get this real mix of what the like most glamorous probably custom made version of each culture mm-hmm. I like I it's like a mix like I'm sure there's a little bit of like American eyes archetyping in the way they made these costumes like western yeah right but I I think there is a good portion of what classic garments at the time were kind of becoming in these different cultures do you know what I mean like, like the girl in the sari or yeah like saris yeah. were still a popular thing to do of course you would probably have it be short-sleeved but like okay a little more glamorous updated version like i think having high necks and hair up in asian cultures was still pretty popular at the time like mm-hmm. little like not entirely exactly how these cultures were like everything is made to look like the sexy bond version, version yeah and more glamorous but still i love that we get a like little peaky version into all these other culture outfits and culture like people and makeup and although they I don't know that they were all cast with the correct races but (laughs) at least we get that vibe and Uh that's a nice treat yeah it is it it does feel like you get to see the different culture like it's definitely girls from all over the world totally I like and I think they could have been a lot worse to them than they were like there's only one that that keeps having problems understanding English and she's like repeat that and she's coming from like I would guess like Switzerland or more of like a a Swiss-ish area as compared to like normally I feel like there's like a shit archetype on Asian women being the ones who like have a thick accent and can't understand things or something like that you know sense okay yeah I like that it's a white girl how do you feel about the girl eating the banana see I mean, in the context of the scene, I actually don't mind it at all because they literally have each person, except for the girl with the chicken, because that's a a plot point. So like chicken makes sense. It would be unique. But all the other women, they have the starch that is most common from their country of origin. And it's supposed to be that they're from that country. It's not supposed to be like they're totally like they live in some Western place and you're just making them... uh, giving this weird uh, archetype to them like these okay. are supposed to be women who are actually from those countries still and are and whatever so i don't actually mind it i think i think it okay, makes yeah. sense because the asian girls eating rice and mm-hmm. the indian girls eating non bread and those are actually very common starches in those countries like i would say top three most common so I don't think it's that weird, actually. Okay. So you, you see it as fitting in the story. I, I see it as fitting into the, yeah, yeah. context. Um, I, that actually makes sense. And the potatoes and I for, always, the, for the, yeah, the exactly. white girl from that more particularly <clears throat> place. I always <laughs> felt like, okay, well, 
I get it, the Asian girl eating rice and like the Indian girl eating non bread, but those are like warm what could be considered like meal type foods she this poor girl is only eating a banana for i know dinner. it looks like that's just a snack i wish that she was like, <laughs> like cutting it and eating it with a fork or something because she's, she's something. eating it like this is a snack and yeah. everyone else is like having their meal yeah exactly and that that's is a little weird with it I'm like, but i think but i agree yeah they, sh- they i really wish they made some like they could have I mean, dressed it a little bit more. Dressed it yeah, they could have done like like that classic Ethiopian bread. I don't know where in Africa they're trying to suggest she's from. Or maybe it's not even yeah. Africa, but like maybe like the Caribbean it or could something. Could be Jamaica, yeah. Who yeah, it could be yeah. something like that. But uh, I mean, there, there are other breads they could have done. But I get that like the most identifiable bread that is yeah. kind of a flatter bread is a non-bread. And that makes like, sense for their Indian character. Yeah. Or their, uh, yeah. So... Yeah. It's not perfect, but I'm I'm not yeah. bothered by it. Okay, cool. I'm actually happy to hear that, though. I'm glad you pointed um, out, though, because it might bother <laughs> other people. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh my god, I only have four circles. <laughs> oh, you yeah. know what? Well, yeah. I just realized I only have four written down because I was gonna try to find that girl's outfit, <laughs> the one you Which talked one? about. The, oh yeah, the beige okay. one. Because I just I couldn't justify picking a different outfit over one of those girls looks but really all of those girls looks are like at the freaking top i would pick the sari outfit i would pick and i would pick any of their winter not maybe not any but most of their outdoor their wintry outfits too there was a girl who when they exited that scene where they're playing curling curling when they're curling up on the roof when they exit that scene she puts her coat on it's just this big furry Mm -hmm. thing that's like super belted in the middle I loved mm-hmm. that too. Like I really I think because because there are the there are these like ten ish uh like almost archetypey women, they're like they want each one to have kind of a different personality but all kind of be the same, you know, like spice girls or mm-hmm. powerpuff girls or something. They're they're similar but different because they have that caricature ness to their clothes. That's the kind of thing I like to wear. So all of their outfits were like, Alana's bells are ringing. Um, <laughs> but I was going to try to find that outfit and make that my number four, actually. Funny you okay, mention it. Perfect. Damn, we're pretty <laughs> I totally aligned. Forgot. We are totally aligned. Um, okay, but I'll go to my number five. Yeah. My number five is Bond's, James Bond's <gasps> blue ski outfit. Ski oh, fit. Oh, no way. <laughs> is that yours too? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't believe it's I picked two boy outfits in this episode. Tell, Who am okay, I? tell me more about that outfit. <laughs> um, it's when he's skiing. <laughs> he's wearing like blue ski pants and uh, I believe it's a white, just like a top underneath, like a sweater or something. But he has a blue ski jacket zipped up on top. I mean, it really just like you know the look of of like tighter fitting ski clothes are just so sleek one color one texture they have that like block yeah like look. what i imagine like olympic athletes in oh. back then would wear kind of like just simple you totally. know it's not like what snowboarders are wearing today kind of thing it's like simple right. and sleek and aerodynamic kind of right well my favorite thing about like the 60s 60s 70s kind of uh, crossover the era where they're both included like I want to say like maybe 65 through 73 ish like that era is 
a beloved fashion era for me specifically because I love like color blocking and anything that feels how do I put this like I love color blocking but I love also just single blocks of color and I felt like most of the clothes then or a lot of the clothes then were really emphasizing like one big color with a little complementary whether it's like Mm -hmm. color blocking on the outfit or it's just the one block and I think things like ski clothes have that that nice like sleekness to them where even the fabric doesn't give you multiple colors it's like one this is Mm -hmm. what it is because of the texture and so I I, and I feel like a lot of things in the 60s were like that there's a lot of in warmer clothes like wool or knits that don't really have multi-dimensions when they're um when you you wear them it just feels like that's the color and that's the color there's something really clean and sharp about that Mm -hmm. that I really like about um late 60s clothes and that's why it's that same feeling that I really like about Bond's ski outfit even though like I wish it was a normal I wish it wasn't a ski outfit it was just an outfit because I love it so much (laughs) but yeah it's a ski outfit awesome cool yeah, like and that's that pretty much that. it. Um, a note on the skiing portions, because it <laughs> has a lot of skiing, and it's, like, really good skiing and cool stunts and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The guy who, I think this might have been his first movie with the Bond franchise, but it's the same guy that did, like, Roger Moore's ski sequences, the stuntman who does Roger Moore's ski sequences in, like, I see that. A View to a Kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, they brought him on on this movie. He was an Olympic athlete and stuff, and he was doing some of the filming of bond skiing down the hill where he's just he's on his skis going backwards down the hill with the camera in his hand filming this shit so props to him i know and um and diana rigg um went for the close-up shots she's just actually sitting on like a sled or like (laughs) uh like her kneeling on a sled and they're just Mm -hmm. pulling her and she's doing like the skiing motions with her hands which i feel that was very cute that's what i would be doing yeah no of course me too (laughs) um so that's how they shot that but yeah man that's cool cool shit so my number five last outfit is and you might have guessed this but it's her wedding jumpsuit okay okay <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say i feel like you probably have guessed that this might have been mine maybe but also i know she i know you probably have things to say and here <laughs> Let me tell you why. Yes, please tell me. Um, okay, so I, this is like the, her last outfit that she wears in the wedding scene when they are getting married because James Bond proposes to Diana Rigg in this. And the only time where that ever happens in a Bond film. And her outfit is a tank top jumpsuit that is just adorned in white flowers. I, it's, I think um got a plunge neckline. Mm-hmm. and over that she's wearing like um kind of like a sheer duster that same like ballet skirt type of material yeah like a georgette yeah, mm-hmm. yeah a georgette light. of course <laughs> sheer um like i said like a duster over it but with like it, real big sleeves yeah real big sleeves i don't like that part <laughs> but i like what she's wearing underneath and it's not anything that i think i would ever wear because if you I've, I don't think you know this about me, but I hate like lace pants or I, I'm oh. kind of warming to it nowadays, but um, I don't like when the lace is just throughout the leg. I don't think it, I don't know. It's just me. 
and that's basically what this is so it's a little out of character for me to pick it but I loved this because it's not a dress that she's wearing on her wedding day it's a jumpsuit um I loved that it was such a different type of what you would expect from like a wedding look yeah um felt very 1969 flower power that Mm -hmm. vibe fits her character Um, well fits her character and um and the craftsmanship Um, for those reasons I chose it and for those reasons I'm in (laughs) yeah um but it was one of those that so I I struggled to pick my last uh top my fifth look so it was it was it was between that or um James Bond wears a three-piece uh pinstripe suit in the scene when he's in M's office and after he gets separated from 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 Tracy Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, mm, do I do the menswear? But we have to talk about the jumpsuit. So, right. So I chose that one. <laughs> so well, tell me, what do you think about it? <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah. I appreciate for your reasons. And just to be clear on this podcast, I'm never saying I don't appreciate a look because I <laughs> do, it textures the whole movie and the perspective of the time and the filmmakers. So I appreciate everything. However, I don't like it. (laughs) Very fair. I I get it. This totally makes sense. (laughs) I showed it to my boyfriend and I said, because I I couldn't decide between outfits either and it came up on the internet. And I said something about not liking it. And I don't remember how I described it, but he had such a better description. He was like, oh, it looks like doilies. Yeah. Sewn together. (laughs) You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I've learned in editing these podcasts and obviously going through things more than just the time I say it. Um, <laughs> I really don't like what I consider grandma clothes. <laughs> and it seems like everyone else is fine with it. And like, yeah, there's a chic way to be grandma. And I'm like, no, yeah. there's not. <laughs> Me and Erica are like pro grandma chic. And you're like, I want modern. I'm like, what's grandma chic? <laughs> Those two words are an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think that's actually, I'm just going to, uh, own that I don't think that maybe there's a version of grandma chic that I like but I've yet to find it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see yeah and that's what that jump site jump site that jumpsuit feels like to me <laughs> it's yeah no mm-hmm. I, I feel that um I mean it's a uh, adorned in in flower like three-dimensional flowers right. yeah it like it's because my personal taste is much more I think I think I, I'm a little bit more masculine in this choice of clothes that I wear. There's like, sure. I don't know. Do you think? Anyway, um, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not one question. to wear like flower, flower, applique flowers all over my clothes. No, so I actually, is, in fact, don't like applique flowers nine times yeah. out of ten. <laughs> so this, that's what I, I don't, don't like about Rodarte when they do a little bit too much like oh, flowery stuff. I'm just like, yeah. Grandma, I, I, sit down. I do like it. <laughs> I do. Like I it like the the it. craftsmanship. <laughs> I'll be like, could you have done that in a not flowery thing? <laughs> For sure. But that's just yeah. me in my yeah, weird yeah. grandma tick of on the shoulder. Uh, anti, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my strange anti grandmaisms. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, for her, I liked it. And for the choices in the movie, I liked it. Cool. Um, okay. Shall we do That's honorables or keeps yeah. and drops? Honorables oh. first, maybe? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think we usually do. Okay. I want to honorable mention the purple dress that... Yes! Sorry. Yeah, you had this too? <laughs> this was almost going to be one of the ones I kept. 
like Me if too. I if I or not kept. Um, this was gonna be one of the ones in our I tops. in my tops. Yeah, if I didn't go with one of the one of the one of the angels, dark angels, Same. angels of death, it would have been this dress. And I still I, really love it. I would have picked it. I could have picked it in place of uh, Tracy's wedding outfit, but I, I I definitely wanted to talk about her wedding outfit anyway. So I had this purple dress also as uh, honorable mention. And it's it's so just cute. like a failure of screen time. I think if we were able to see a couple more details, we wouldn't be able to not pick it. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That's my feeling on this dress. It looks like there are incredible details, so I just couldn't grasp them. Yes, it is a long sleeve mini dress, which always love a oh. long sleeve short skirt proportion. And um, the front is a cowl neck, so it has a nice little like shelf, um, basically for her boobies. It looks very pretty. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and the skirt is extra flowy and full. It's like a, probably a circle skirt pattern, so yeah. it's got a nice flare to it. And when she walks, it kind of moves all flared and with like it looks like multiple cute. layers. There's like mm -hmm. a lighter layer underneath, maybe or something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Belted. And a little belt. There's like a yeah. yeah. Like a sequiny purple belt, thin though, yeah, not mm -hmm. too thick. And the sh the the sh where do you s how do you put this? Where it sits on the, the shoulders is like really far to the side. Yeah, wide neck, wide neck, very like wide it. on its way to an off shoulder, but and it's not a quite. bright purple, like a royal. Like, yeah, like a royal purple. It's it's really cute. I like that one a lot. Like the most pungent purple, if that mm -hmm. translates. <laughs> oh, it's Good gorgeous. One. Um, okay. okay, I'll go with an honorable mention. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I already mentioned his, and since you already mentioned that one, I already mentioned the three-piece pinstripe suit that he wears with the knit tie and the light blue shirt. I thought he looked super slick, timeless, classic. Um, I already talked about that, though. There is, and I only like the top half, but hmm. in the Angels of Death sequence, um, when he first meets the girls and the allergy girls, <laughs> the <laughs> the black girl is wearing this really cute furry white vest yes that is has the sides completely open mm -hmm. and i don't know if she's wearing a top underneath but it doesn't look like it and basically yeah, it's hard to um, figure out what the actual construction is because it's fur yeah um but it's in the style of i believe it's like an afghan vest and i used to have one of these but it's like a longer length like hip length vest that has no sleeves obviously and a little bit of fur trim on the collar and the edges so like the center front edges and the hem of the of the vest but this one is basically if if you took like um like an apron kind of kind of like an apron it Ooh. has a front okay maybe that's a bad description but basically it just has a front and a back and the sides are open yeah and it just looks I like a bunch of white fur in all the right spots and you love it yeah i love that piece and she has like this gold cuff that she wears all, all the way up her arm. Um, oh, I and didn't beautiful. notice the cuff. Yeah, and um, on, on just one arm. And it like spiral wraps up her arm. And then Ugh. she's got these big gold earrings, uh, dangly earrings too. But then I don't like the bottom half because she's wearing like these shorts that just look big and baggy kind of. Um, but when <laughs> she's sitting, you only see the top. I really like it. Okay. I'm in. Okay. I loved that top, but I... I couldn't understand it. So I was like, I love it. <laughs> but do I love it? Because I'm not sure. But I think I, I love it. But yeah, definitely an honorable mention. Do I feel like we have other? to. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we have to honorable mention her. Uh, 
Hold on. I'm going to say that again. But first, I need to know the word for a bullfight. What's the word? Bull I keep fight. saying like Toro Matador? people. Matador. Mat- That's okay. it. Okay. I feel like we have to mention uh, Teresa's outfit at the Matador fight with her yes. dad and James Bond. Yeah. That is like a fucking look. That's a look that knocks you out when you see it. Like, loved it. It just that- didn't cut. make my favorites cut. Yes. Okay. Also an honorable mention of mine. I actually... I think when I first watched this movie earlier this year and um, was looking at this in our in the lens of our podcast, I did mm-hmm. have it in my top. Um, I thought you would. I really yeah. thought you would. Um, but I was like, okay, it'll be an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. And basically, what she's wearing, she has um, she has a black bolero, I think, on. So like a short short jacket, long sleeve, mm-hmm. black. She, I mean, it pants. looks like a version of a of a matador outfit so if you yeah. if you take that taste with these descriptions you'll get it mm-hmm. yeah um black gaucho pants mm-hmm. and little black boots she's got a white lace mock neck top underneath little black gloves it looks she's like carrying... it's buttoned up but maybe it's not but it looks mm-hmm. like it should be by the look like it's the same yeah, yeah. texture it's as like, like a, sh- a button-up shirt all that yeah um but it has like a little bit of lace around the neck and the mm-hmm. collar or something mm-hmm. And she's carrying a whip. Love as she's an accessory. She's carrying a whip? I did not yeah. catch that. Ooh, yeah. When she gets out of the car, you see it for like a second. Dang. Was there a pink sash or belt? Yes. Hold. Yes. Around her waist is a pink. Like, not too bright of a pink, but not a light color. It's it's yeah. a, it's like a very basic pink around yeah. as like a little, yeah, around her center. And she's wearing one of those, she's wearing black little tiny gloves and she's wearing one of those hats that's very yeah, like Spain made famous. Like it would be like a cowboy hat, but like flat, flat, flat. Like the top is flat. Yep. The sides are more the flat. Brim, the brim yeah. is flat. Yeah, exactly. Flat, 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 um, baby. Looks great. She has that little sideburn curl. I have to mm-hmm. say, I, I'm not a fan of the sideburn curl. Um, <gasps> I know. <laughs> you made me suck in and my own spit and choke. <laughs> You're like, how dare you um and they do that a lot for her in this it's cute on they her um do. but i it's not my choice style um, i hear you it is a I, specific choice so it is a specific it's understandable choice, yeah. but yeah i thought she looked great in this outfit in this scene yeah she I looked her it was so perfect for her like she looked if I was a friend of hers, I'd be like, you need to wear this outfit all the time. This mm-hmm. looks so good on you. You just wear it so well. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And while we're on that scene, <laughs> I have to yeah. say that the the matador guys like in the ring actually doing the bullfighting. Yeah. They, because today's Christmas, I'll say, they look like weird little Spanish elves. <laughs> They're not particularly little, but they have, like, their outfits are, like, white with a red coat, kind of, like, the basic, those-ish colors. El- and then they outfit, have this, yeah. like, fucking elf hat on. It's like like a like a 1950s sleeping hat, but oh, green, yeah, yeah. but but Christmas green Wait, with a little ball at be... the end, if I remember. It's so, like, Dang. excuse to me. I don't remember the hat part. I only have videos, but I could send you a video. <laughs> And at the very end of the hat, there is a little ball. It's a little red ball at the end of the hat. Like, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Hi, They're Santa's elves. elves. Sure. <laughs> nice to meet they, you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have to mention also in that bullfighting scene, though, all the extras, like watching the bullfighting, 
they look like throughout the movie throughout this movie every extra looks so pristine this is not like watching an 80s bond movie where you're like which one it looks good this is like every single one kills me i need it now yeah they look like it looks like a ralph lauren photo shoot like they all the men look like ralph lauren models like with their aviators and turtlenecks and like Mm -hmm. casual bomber jackets holding champagne they look great everyone looks great in the scene Mm mm-hmm and you know, part of why there are so many good outfits is probably because this movie feels like two movies shoved into one. Mm-hmm. There is a lot. And I'm, to be honest, I loved every minute of it, but there was so much that I felt myself getting tired at the end where I was like, when it actually is it over? Yeah. Which isn't great. Like you kind of want to, that's when you have people read through the script and kind of trim it up a little. Totally. I, I feel that is kind of, um, if I may say, a fault of the Bond movies is they are a little bit unnecessarily long and um after having seen this movie multiple times that middle section the whole middle section of at peace gloria is so long like right you there's almost an entire hour maybe like 45 minutes to an hour where you don't see tracy at all like he says okay keep my drink cold for me and they part in the in the car and then you don't Mm -hmm. see her until you see uh, until she saves him at the skating rink yeah there are quite a few scenes that Although I loved every moment could have been chopped out. I think it's probably the issue of they're adapting a book and they're doing their best to keep the good book stuff in there. Mm -hmm. But you just got to make a choice. Like it's a two part movie or it's not. Because the other thing you'll I think any normal person will also notice is that the plot feels it's weird that it emotionally not emotionally but like human wise you're kind of exhausted by the end but the Mm -hmm. plot feels really fast like in a minute this happened like so many things happen just in dialogue as well we're like Mm -hmm. okay 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 and this and this got it and you're like this is a lot of movie like I'm actually inputting the entire novel in this movie and although I love trying to keep it like keep keep all the goods in there like um, you don't want to exhaust your audience you want it to be a good experience that people want to watch over and over that is my my biggest complaint would be that and then well I just don't like the treatment of money penny but that's I'm not bothered about it in the movie because I think that that's a purposeful character trait situation and it tells us a lot about those characters so it doesn't hurt me but I have to say something about that because this is the only time he grabs her butt like that and when does he grab her butt oh my god when he hugs oh, it's, her, mm, hug. <laughs> it's off camera. It, it's it's in it's insinuated that oh, he okay, maybe I touched her butt, and she goes, "Oh, oh she does that jump." You, yeah, yeah. You harmless or no childish brute or whatever the line is, mm. but that to me is kind of out of character. Because yeah, totally not okay. Yeah, not okay because before that, and he also kisses her on the lips in this one. Um, yeah, but she, she seems. She, like she was kind of asking for it but well not really well, that. she's literally asking for it she's literally begging <laughs> she, for it but it's like so does he do that to tease her though even though he's not gonna come back right um but in the previous ones like her she, the money penny has been the same lois maxwell with sean connery it was always mm-hmm. like they were rub, you know holding hands rubbing um rubbing up against each other's cheeks it was very sweet and like mm. harmless and um she even says like um flattery will get you nowhere but don't stop trying and like so there so is cute, this welcome flirty yeah exactly yeah. whereas but this in this she's like, more desperate yeah she's desperate and he's like let me grab your butt so i didn't i didn't love that i don't love in, in the money penny pre who's our new money penny what's her name again 
the current one, Naomi yeah. Harris. Yeah, all the money pennies pre Naomi Harris that I've seen, that relationship bothers me. But I think it's like pretty. I think it just says something about what male writers thought about that dynamic mm -hmm. in 1950 through 1970. Mm -hmm. And then that was already the character. So like you kind of kept it that way until we got Naomi Harris. And now it's like cool, fresh things. Yeah. Yeah. It was always That's my feeling. Money Penny's kind of lusting after him and he's yeah. like, you know, and the um, fact that it's okay that he's he's giving her so much and like really leading her on so much in general throughout the movies like all of that feels like a man in the 1950s was writing this and thought that that's what women liked and was normal and he could say that and that's fine and really was not able to yeah she didn't consider have her people own, like her own life or her own stuff and she's inconsistent in the way she's like wanting from him like she's just wanting from him in every way whenever she can all the time yeah that's in inconsistent yeah like it doesn't even feel like a human it's just like this like anything that's going to be grabbing at you romantically and you'll never give into it mm -hmm. and that's her <laughs> um but that that is consistent to the series though and you know if this book was written so long ago there is something to be said for learning and understanding how thought was in popular culture at that time by those people you know i mm -hmm. i'm not I'm not I would be bothered by it if they were continuing to do do that um character in that way today. Yeah. But I'm not bothered by it in the past. I'm just like, "Oh, interesting." Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not for me. I will oh, yeah. say that I loved this James Bond. I haven't seen all of the Bond actors nor all the Bond yeah. movies, obviously, but I really liked this James Bond because I liked I liked the moments where you could see not only that he's like so charismatic and flirty, but that he really knows what he's doing and is, is uh, resourceful and all that. Like he had trinkets, but he wasn't just using trinkets. Like when he was in his room in the snowy place, P's Gloria, P's Gloria, when he's in his room in P's Gloria and he has to get out and he's like figuring out, okay, how is this door being shut? Okay. It's electric. And then he goes and gets, the like I don't know what that long tool is but then puts erasers on the other side of it and then does this and does this and I mean he's like grounding it with rubber so it won't electrify him finding a way to hold that together la la, la. like I mm -hmm. like that we were able to see like oh he's not just like knows how to use the tools he's given he's he's really mm -hmm. intelligent with the basic workings and functions of the world and that Figuring was really cool yeah, yeah and resourceful in the way that like when he was um trapped at the very end as well when he needs to get out of uh he's like in the cogs of um yeah what is that thing called the cable car cable thing. car uh, he's in like the yeah. cog room for the cable car and he realizes he wants to like grab onto the pole and climb out he immediately seemingly like pulls out his pockets and rips them out and uses them like gloves like that's yeah. just so creative yeah. and resourceful and interesting and it it makes it seem more like I love the gadgets and I love that he uses them, but also he just has that ability and knowledge and thinks in that way naturally. Like that's what I love about James Bond exactly. and action movies in general. Just this like people who feel like the world is not enough and I can handle it. Like I can figure this out. <laughs> it's that feeling of like, it's like a cheeky underlying positivity <laughs> that I love about it, which is, I guess weird to say because action movies aren't always associated with being super positive, but that's what I like about them. This feeling that like, I'll figure it out. Exactly. I'm good. I'm quick. I'm intelligent. I can Capable. figure this out. 
Yeah, without being like, everyone be positive and nice. Like, it's just like a normal, I'm fucking resourceful. I'm smart. Do, Let me yeah. figure this. I got How do I it. get out of this situation? Yeah, and know. like yeah. faith and belief in yourself to be like, yeah, but I get out of everything, so I'll figure it out. Like, that is my favorite. That's my right. shit when it comes to action movies. So I love, I love that, that too. he shows so much of that in this movie. There's so many moments I can't even describe where he's he's really showing that. And I'm and I really like this bond for that reason. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Also, he shows the tits from the girls in Playboy. Yeah. He's looking through the Playboy magazine. He carries it out in this last scene when he is looking at this Playboy magazine um, mm-hmm. in that dude's office. And as he walks out, he was looking at the centerfold and you see her tits. 100% yep. you can see the image of her tits. How's that allowed? If we did that today, that movie would be like picketed by every religious place. Like, I can't believe they got, I mean, uh, unless it was rated X or something or like extreme R or whatever our freaking ratings are now. But then you can surely in R or, but this is rated PG. So yeah, that was exactly. Okay. R is what I mean, but I'm being a little extreme to make a point, (laughs) but I do think my point is made. Yeah. No. Um, I don't know if that was like because it was so brief they're like oh maybe we can get away with it no one will notice yeah i literally (laughs) was wondering like did anyone even see that before it went into theaters probably not it's not in the script they're not like and he flashes some tit from the playboy he just like (laughs) walks away holding the playboy one thing i will say my least favorite part of the movie is when um (laughs) tracy is uh you know her dad comes to rescue her from at peace gloria and she's like no i have to go in i won't leave without bond and then he just socks her in the face <laughs> like he punch like yes. uppercut punches her yeah <laughs> to to get her to shut up and put her in to knock her out and put her into the into the mm-hmm. helicopter and fly away and then he just says that's what you get for spoiling your kids yeah. or some line like that it's like, like oh, okay oh god um just had to but at the same that. time i kind of part of me likes how simple and easy that was and i'm like well they could, i'm sh- you know he's he already has proven to us that he's like a super macho guy where that he's like guy. how are you gonna get her to behave maybe talk to her to give her some therapy her. And she's like no i'm gonna get her to marry a man that'll dominate her like yeah he is okay that yeah. so that's your way <laughs> yeah <laughs> different parenting options yeah do you have a bunch more you want to say or do you want to do our keeps and drops Oh, yeah, let's do that. Okay, so my keep for this movie is the beige jumpsuit that the angel of death, who has no name, I don't know her name in this, is wearing. <laughs> so it's that backless halter uh, yep. beige jumpsuit with the jewels on the chest. Love it. I considered that being my keep, but because I couldn't see enough of it, yeah. damn it, I should have just kept it. We were about to have the same keep. I was really s- cycling between three, between either picking that or picking the purple dress mm-hmm. <laughs> or picking, yeah. yes, or picking, J- w- and this is the one I'm going with, James Bond's orange and brown suit. Oh, nice. But the asterisk <laughs> is I need it to be tailored to me. Yeah. <laughs> Not totally. James Bond. Totally. Yes. If that's tailored to that. me, that's my keep. I love that. I freaking love it. Yeah. And what's your drop? My drop is... Okay, there's a lot of uh, yellow plaid in this movie. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, Money Penny, when you first meet her, is wearing a yellow plaid suit. And then again, um, uh, when Tracy is in the car and it's like after the Falling in Love montage, um, um, she's wearing this plaid. St- 
jacket. Oh, by the way, everything she wears in that montage, not maybe not everything, but most uh-huh. of what she's wearing in that montage, and including her yellow plaid outfit for me, actually, I okay. love. I do re- love the rest of it, yeah. It reminded me of um, La La Land. In their montage, it's all like very 60s looking clothes, and each outfit is so cute. I'm like, what? You're burying all these incredible outfits in just a montage? I felt I the same way it's in like, this. by so quick. I know. It's like, um, they're so cute. Yeah, and I I do love the montage too. I like that they show like them falling in love and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, how else are they gonna fit a book in a movie exactly, if you don't yeah. also give us a montage? Um, but yeah, the outfit that she's wearing in the car with with uh, the dad sitting in the middle, Bond on the left, and her on the right, mm-hmm. I don't like it. Um, she has An the little hat. hat. Yeah. yeah, the hat with the flip up, <laughs> and um, I know you like hats. <laughs> I think it's like I know. A, trilby or a cloche i don't know exactly not a cloche oh, cloche is know. more like the bell shape but um yeah the yellow plaid i'm okay without and i i mean i love yellow plaid like in clueless like that oh. was great i mean that's iconic plaid, but, of course yeah but not in this there's uh what was i gonna say um i've learned since our podcast started that i uniquely love these types of like buckety hats because <laughs> we did our poll with outfits from live and let die from live what's the solitaire from solitaire yeah. from live and let die and she's wearing a bucket hat in one and we do these polls on our instagram hey if you're not on our instagram instagram at dressed to kill pod you should be because we do polls in our stories and we did a poll on all the outfits from that movie and the one where she's wearing that bucket hat is like 60 percent at least people were like no drop it kill it and i'm like what that was one of my favorites i loved it and to be fair even a guy friend of mine responded to that post on our account and was like what i really liked it so i'm like what me and this random guy were the only ones (laughs) i and i have to confess i didn't like i think that was my drop for that episode yeah you didn't like it erica didn't like it either or was erica Mm -hmm. on that episode or just talk Mm -hmm. after Mm -hmm. i don't know anyway uh i've learned um yeah, I do still like it, but so I hear you. Yeah, I'm going to pay more attention to these weird hats. <laughs> I love it. You can be our hat guru. Speaking of weird hats, there was like a, a fedora type hat in this movie on one of the allergy babes. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was just the whole the whole thing was fur. And it was like because of that mm-hmm. really thick and huge. It was kind of um like tan, like skin color and just not cute. I don't remember. I didn't like it at all. I was like, what is that weird thing? Uh, But we can skip right over it because that's all it deserves. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you just said your drop. I should say my drop. Yes. My drop was the the mistress or the wife of Teresa's dad. I believe Mm -hmm. her name is Olin. Olymp. Like Olympia. But yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I should have used subtitles. Anyway, (laughs) um, when they're at the, the matador thing mm-hmm. what do you call that again as well bullfight bullfight when they're at the bullfight she w- she's wearing this weird brown dress i don't even know okay. how to describe it just i don't like it I don't everything is so cute what she's wearing. and then i see yeah. it and i'm like oh poop yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're like some little frills here or there it's kind of okay. like plain 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 the the cut okay. of it is not cute it's all the way to the top of her neck with like some kind of like frilly under fabric coming out on her neck same thing coming out of the sleeves just like okay and it's very like camel nude color yeah i definitely don't remember it so i'm sure it's pretty forgettable yeah, it's very forgettable so i love 
Di- that they chose Diana Rigg for this role. And one of the reasons why they picked her was because he was such an inexperienced actor. They wanted to balance it, the cast with someone who was a really strong actor. And she comes from like background in doing Shakespeare and a lot of stage performances. And she was before this in the Avengers TV show, which is also one of my Whoa. favorite shows from the 60s. Not related to Marvel. Yeah, oh. it's great. It's really good. Um, but anyway she so I really love her and even off camera she was so humble and charming and sweet and you know when she passed away this year you sent me a bunch of tweets that were like little anecdotes and stories about her and her humor Mm -hmm. and um she just sounded like such a sweet person like one of the interviews I was watching about her she she said um she would ask her friend am I was I an ambitious you know as a young actor and he said no but you were always grateful and like I thought that was so sweet she's just grateful to have had work and um she always played these strong female characters even in the Avengers she was like an action fighting chick um but also looking glamorous at the same time like she really was a role model to a lot of women I think um, and also shaped um, how, you know, the different types of ways that women can be represented in, in media at the time. So for those reasons, she is one of my favorite Bond girls ever. I loved her. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so far, this is my, I think, my favorite female character in a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's just, just so great. There are, and en- I have endless notes of moments where she's great and it's just too much to fit into this. Yeah, right. I know. Yeah, like I had those notes, when she's yeah. driving the car through all this yes, stuff. Yeah. Contrast to a view to a kill where the woman drives a car and he's like, "You can't get anything straight." And she's like, "Which direction is left?" And you're like, "Oh my god, this scientist doesn't know which direction is left." Bullshit. Uh, uh, like in this movie, she's like, "It's fine. I'll let me." Like, there's no question about who's gonna drive. She's just like, "Get the fuck in. We're going shopping." Except for instead of we're going shopping we're going to join like a racetrack and beat all yeah. these race cars real quick. And I'm doing it and I'm going to like smash slam and win. And you know, like everything, she just does it in snow in the like thickest snow anywhere. Mm-hmm. And she, she, everything she actually, does, she's incredible. She even actually did some of the driving. Um, in Damn. Certain bits of that. Um, so she said she had fun doing that. You talked about how this movie felt really like new and fresh and, made in that really like current vibe Mm -hmm. I guess like it wasn't like oh let's make something that feels a little bit older like let's make something that feels current for 1969 and because of that they did all those cool camera tricks and all these interesting things but part of that I think is why we have such a strong incredible female character because that was really what was happening in the zeitgeist in that moment like this is possible this isn't this doesn't have to be something weird or unique or that doesn't exist in fact, look, it's right here right now. We are seeing women as these multidimensional, strong, incredible women. And I think what happens is we start to have input from like producers and, you know, through time, things change. That was a good moment in, in women's revolution. Definitely. In women's revolution. Yeah. In 1969. Then there are waves, you know, there's the backlash wave and then there's the next revolution, the backlash wave and whatever. Mm -hmm. But that was a good moment. And having a movie that was really trying to be made to feel like it was in that moment captured it perfectly. So we end up with this brilliant female character. I love it. Mm -hmm. And a really accurate bond. Like they show his flaws in a way that feels accurate. They're not like glorifying them. Like a lot of movies are like, 
really trying to point out how cool it is that he has so much sex and you're in this one it's just like it's a thing he does he fucking has sex all the time whenever he can and we're not saying it's the best thing we're not saying it's bad i like yeah. that it's just like straight up this is bond in all these moments here <laughs> as compared to others where they're like remember that men are the best <laughs> you're sure. like well um i that's one of the reasons i love this movie i think it's so clear and true it's not trying to be something that's like not human i guess yeah. <laughs> not real oh i have one last question mm-hmm. i don't know how we're gonna communicate this but i'm gonna try my best um <laughs> this is when bond is in that sherlock suit when he's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he's um pretending, pretending to, to be, be hillary yeah. hilly call me hilly, hilly. yeah um <laughs> He says something, I believe that's when it is. He says something, or maybe it's when he's in his kilt later. Anyway, it's in that era of the movie, in that period of the movie. Um, he says something like, he's casually talking to the girls, and he says some word that sounds like bizon, bizon, bezant, bezants, and and then continues to say these are girl balls. I didn't understand any of that sentence. What is a bezant? I literally Googled it and found nothing. They're coins. Coins? Gold coins. Like doubloons? <laughs> like a <laughs> like a pirate treasure gold coin? Or <laughs> I think, yeah. Um could or they're gold balls. Oh, coins? they're balls. Balls are coins because um here, okay, I Google it. And why would Dictionary he call says, them girl balls? I don't remember when he says girl balls. I don't remember. He does because then bit. they bring it back later, and she's like, "Oh, I know what you don't like," and she's referencing the girl balls and the bezins. Like he doesn't like girls. With... It's a long story. Let's just shit. I don't remember that. But... It's as though okay. he doesn't. It's when he's sleeping with one of those girls, and uh-huh. she's referencing it in a cheeky way. Like, of course she's gonna sleep with him. It's not like she's yeah. threatening that, but she's saying like, "Oh, I, I've got you figured out. I know that you don't like girls with balls," meaning like girls who will uh, not be into the way that you are or something okay i don't remember the balls specifically in that sentence but i just remember her her maybe i'm hearing it wrong like girls and she says girl balls balls." (laughs) but she says like this girl balls and it's with a british accent girl balls so maybe it's not girl balls maybe it's grobbles (laughs) or something making me laugh so much i don't know girl balls girl balls question mark we'll put it out there what is she referencing please but tell a bezant my only clue is the bezants because the dictionary when he says it that's what he says first yeah okay what does it say a gold or silver coin originally minted at byzantium the time period so it's uh okay. they're coins <laughs> girl balls i don't know maybe it's like grobbles or something maybe there's girl a word girls. that relates to that and I totally misinterpreted the line in the later scene as well because obviously she uses that same word. Girl balls. Okay. I'll Man, have to keep subtitles would have been smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, that's my last question. So at least great. 50% solved. There you go. 50% solved. Not solved. Hmm. Okay. Oh, you know, another great Diana moment. I'm sorry. I have so many written. Is yeah, that she says. Like when, um, when her dad's like, you're getting married now, you have to make sure you obey him because he's your husband. And she goes, of course I will. Just as much as I obey you. And like, <laughs> yes, she's saying, I don't really obey anybody. I do what I want. But I'm you know, I, when I like someone, I'll be nice to them. Yeah. She's just like, ah, 
I love that I she's love owning that. that, but it's not a point of contention. It's not like she yeah. owns that. And then the characters around her are like, oh my God, she needs to be handled or like, we got to put her under lock and key. Like nobody's reaction says that's terrible for a woman to say if they had mm-hmm. put that in a movie in the 80s, 100% men would have from cr- like tables across the way turned back and been like shaking their heads. No, that lady's too far. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, it was just like, yeah. And that's her personality. And that's pe- some people have that personality. Fantastic. I know. I love it. I, I just want to also say the line that made me cry when we watched it in the movie theaters is um, which is like the saddest part of the movie. She says. You have given, and he says how he didn't get her a wedding gift after their wedding and they're driving off into mm-hmm. the sunset kind of scene. And she says, uh, you have given me a, a wedding present, the best I could have, a future. I was like, oh, no. Oh, that's oh. not the part that made me cry. Yikes. Yeah. Am I well, human? Oh, that doesn't no. make me feel. <laughs> that's a nice line, but I, frankly, I thought it was kind of a throwaway. I was like, I get it. Okay. Only because I, you know, oh, I mean, I think you knew too, but I, because I, I know what's about to happen and you're like, shit. That's so sad. Oh, because she's, yeah, about to not have a future be killed. Exactly. That is fucking sad. I did think that was kind of rude that they gave us such an, like, make her want something she's not going to get. That made me Mm -hmm. sad. Mm -hmm. The concept of it made me sad. I cried when he was in denial about her being dead and he was like, Mm -hmm. she's just, everything's fine. She's just right here sleeping. But I think that's because as an adult, I've heard more stories about, death and people dealing with death and had more fears about people I love dying and Mm -hmm. understand more how much if that happened in that moment in that situation like yeah as soon as you pick her body up as soon as you move the car as soon as you shift that moment she's truly gone yeah and until you do she's still just right in that place she was before and you can kind of just suspend disbelief in your coping mind and so that made me that's yeah. that's what got me but yeah i know it's the saddest ending in a bond movie um so far at least and yeah. i i really i love that they, there was that moment though of him yeah. like you know feeling and being sweet and um it's so different than any other bond and yes, i think yes. originally this movie was going to be for sean connery they were going to film it actually before they did um you only live twice but then because of production issues they had to push it back and and then by that by that point sean connery was like done with the franchise and didn't want to come back so they had to replace him and i totally i think would have been different played differently like it only i think worked because it was george lazenby i think it yeah. did he did a good job for first timer. I think he did a good job for anything. I loved it. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. I'm so in. Totally. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy upcoming new year. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please check out our Instagram at dressed to kill pod to see pictures of what we're talking about and interact with us. We love getting DMS from you guys. And yeah, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.